You're listening to Girls God Wad. This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is episode 164. This episode is sponsored by Kalo, makers of the silicone wedding rings. Q-A-L-O.com. Q-A-L-O.com. Discount code is GGW. And they've been sponsoring us for over a year now. I was at a bachelorette party this past weekend up in like the north, literally the north woods of Minnesota. And I wore my Kalo ring and everyone was so excited about it. And, and everyone was like, oh, do you just wear this when you travel? And I was like, no, I wear this all the time. <laughs> but then I found my weird, real wedding ring. It turns out it was in my wallet and I didn't know that that's where it was. So moral of the story is I almost lost my real wedding ring again. <laughs> And I just should never, ever put it on. And I should lock it in a safe and only wear Kayla ever. <laughs> I, rem- I love the story that you found your wedding ring. You lost it for the longest time. And then you found like it. nine months I found it. I yeah. lost it, yeah. I've heard so many stories of people losing their wedding rings. And they're like, oh, I just need to wear a Kayla ring. And so someone at my gym, their husband lost their wedding ring. She's like, now he just wears a Kayla ring all the time. I'm like, you know what? That's just probably the answer to all of our problems. It really is. QALO.com. You guys can support the podcast by supporting Kalo. Again, the discount code is ggw that lets them know that we sent you and keeps the podcast going and, and it's so appropriate so pro appropes can i use the word appropes you absolutely can claire thank you i'm going to it's totes mm-hmm. appropes oh mm-hmm. it almost rhymes oh, <laughs> you can definitely you can support the podcast and support barbells for boobs with their awesome bar glitter what's not all about glitter barbells for boobs ring and very appropes because we are joined by Ziana Z from Barbells for Boobs, the founder of Barbells for Boobs. Hello. Welcome Hello. to the <laughs> Thank you for having me. This has been I've been like trying years. to like not laugh at all your stories, oh, waiting okay. for like You're them laughing. to realize there's a third person here with us. I know. With it's everyone. always so funny. They're like, who's that voice in the background? <laughs> like, I'm trying to hold in my laughs because it's, um, it's hysterical. <laughs> well, you can release them now. <laughs> uh, do you want to hear my Kayla story? Yes. yes. So um, a, a very tall, strange man came up to me at, uh, at an airport one day, and he's like, are you Z with Barbells for Boobs? And I was like, is it the shirt that says Barbells for Boobs and the five people behind me with the same shirt on that gave it away? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, so I work with Kayla, and we've been stalking you, and your face just, I've, I've been looking at your website and reading your bios, and I'm like, oh, hi. And I, and I happened to be wearing a Kalo ring um, when he met me, and, and it was the guy that ran the that started the partnership with us and they've been great partners with us. We're going into our second year was with it them. Andrew? So um, it was actually Jordan. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. We we're like BFFs with Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Love Andrew. Like yeah. And uh, I, I just have to say that my favorite Kayla ring, because we, we have so many Kayla rings obviously because they're so. the best and they send us all the new colors. Mm-hmm. And my, one of my go-tos, you know, you always grab the one you love. And my favorite one is the black with the glitter. Oh yeah, the black with the pink glitter. I that love that one. It's so special. Like it was something that they had never done, and and I was like, I was like scared of it. I was like, I don't know if people are gonna like the glitter, and they're like, trust us, Z, glitter it is. And I was like, <laughs> okay, because they were like, you guys aren't the pink breast cancer organization. And I'm like, no, like we really don't wanted the black ring, and he's like, um, you know, they were like, we're gonna throw some glitter on just to spice it up. And I'm like, they're, they're like, now that we know you, Z. This is totally your ring. <laughs> I'm like, okay, glitter it is. <laughs> yeah, I have to tell you that I wear glitter eyeliner, so yeah, it's kind hey. of a thing. It's yeah. kind of a thing. <laughs> so tell the listeners. I, I know all of our listeners are very familiar with bar- barbells for boobs, but let's let's start with a little bit of background about you and your story and kind of how this all came to be. Oh wow, where do I even start? First of all, thank you for having me on the show. This um, this means the world to us. I think the the best thing that we can do for Barbells for Boobs 
is make sure that the world knows about our work and, and kind of how we started and why we do what we do. So I'm very, very humbled and appreciated that that I'm even invited to talk. So thank let's you. start we there. We have so an incredible you. community. It's all about the community <laughs> and we we know you've created an amazing one. And so I just, I love that. I love that more than anything. Yeah. It's just the wonderful communities that we run into doing this work. So I can't wait to hear about your story. So it kind of all started with CrossFit, right? So I think that a lot of us have stories that start with CrossFit and kind of how it's changed our lives. Um, so I found CrossFit or more or less it found me um, in 2007. Um, and um, I was I was kind of a semi-professional dancer before doing all that, thinking that I was in shape. Where did you dance? I was a dancer too. <laughs> I noticed that. Um, I danced um, actually at Long Island University and I danced with a few different companies. I, I was an African, I was a very specific, I was an African uh, dancer. So, oh my gosh. Um, Claire I did studied. African dance. So Joy has <laughs> all like a match made in heaven. <laughs> I was super in African dance all through high school and college. Like it's, it's the most fun thing it's ever. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's so, so I, fun. yeah, so I majored in um, dance and really That's studied awesome. African and I worked with a uh, company called Ibrafal People in San Diego and then Bush Women in um, Brooklyn, New York. So oh my just God, did a few so few things um, but you know, I, I was a dancer so I'm like I'm totally in shape and and um, But African my... dance is hard. <laughs> yeah, it is hard. Well, yeah, that's why I was like I'm totally in shape. I can and, and my boyfriend at the time was an amateur boxer and he read this article in men's fitness magazine and he's like they say that if you think you're fit try this and it was crossfit.com and so we went to the website and he's like do you want to do this workout with me and I was like yeah totally like I'll totally go do a workout and it was Murph and (laughs) and I finished like an hour and 10 minutes later and I was like what was that what that was amazing can we do that tomorrow and he's like yeah awesome let's do it tomorrow and then the next day was Fran um but we Yeah, but we, this was back in 2007 when that was just. Oh, yeah, they're just doing benchmarks (laughs) day and night. Benchmarks and the hero wads, that's all we did. Yeah, they're like, I don't know anything else. Yeah, so the best part was. So we, it was Fran, and, and the way Fran is written out, it's three rounds of 21-15-9. So we don't know what we're doing. There's only, like, one gym. I was living in New Jersey at the time. There was, like, one gym in New Jersey, which was, like, Steve's Club, which was an hour away from us. So we're doing this in a Globo gym. So we did three rounds of 21-15-9, and we get back no. to the blog, and we're, like, looking at all the comments, and I'm like, how are these guys doing it in six, seven minutes? Like, this is insane. Like, there's no way, because it took us, like, an hour to do it again. Oh, my God. And then we realized that we just just did Fran yeah, triple Fran oh. <laughs> triple Fran on my second day so Which I gotta say you probably felt like a badass afterwards where you're like I just did yeah. triple Fran yeah but then you're probably questioning a lot of or the depths of your squad like now I'm probably like um <laughs> I probably didn't do Fran I probably did like Francesca or something I don't know. <laughs> The last time we did Fran, I don't, I don't know if I've told this story yet in the podcast, the last time we did Fran at the gym that I go to, the warm-up was Air Fran, so it was like... Oh my God, you had to do it with like PVCs? Not even PVCs, literally, you're just like miming Fran, so like your pull-up, like you're just like <laughs> miming pull-up, and it was kind of just like, like let's get the feel, a lot of people, it was a lot of people's first time doing Fran, so it was like, let's just get the feel for like how many reps this really is, and... I don't even have a sub two minute air Fran. Like going ahead, I can't even mime that many reps in less than two minutes. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, this just really puts things into perspective. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, So, 
to, so there's my CrossFit story. You know, you have my Kalo and CrossFit story. Yeah, it's, we call um, it the CrossFit testimonial. Yeah, the CrossFit testimonial. So found CrossFit in 2007, and we ended up helping um, a really good friend of ours in Montclair, New Jersey, open up Gorilla Fitness. And uh, we were like, kind of got into it. And uh, like everybody does, it's like, we just want to quit our jobs and run a CrossFit gym, right? Because that's, that's the, the smartest thing you can do. And so uh, we were like, well, we don't want to open up down the street from Greg. We want to be respectful. So let's move to the West Coast. So I'm from California and my boyfriend at the time, his family lived in California. So we came out, came back home and we opened up a gym in Lake Forest um, called uh, Next Level CrossFit. And so it was just an affiliate owner, you know, doing those long days and just loving every minute of it, loving teaching and seeing somebody get their first pull up, seeing people come off their diabetes and cholesterol medicine the best two years of my life was running my affiliate and so but once you and everybody knows if you're a crossfitter which once you are a crossfitter somehow you you start not having friends that don't do crossfit so like your friends that don't do crossfit start to not be a part of your like your equation of life anymore (laughs) either that or they're just either because they just stop talking to you because all you do is talk about CrossFit and they're like, okay, we're over this and we don't talk, want to talk to you anymore. Or they just think you're crazy. Uh, so so my best friend, uh, her name is Ceci, kind of felt bad because I was in this place of building this affiliate and, and really like just nerding out on CrossFit. So I kind of disconnected from a lot of my friends if they weren't doing CrossFit. And Ceci was not a CrossFitter. She's still not a CrossFitter. Uh, we had tried to get her to do what she calls the CrossFit and she will not do the CrossFit. The CrossFit, um, that's what we call it too. That's what we call the it CrossFit. too. The CrossFit. She'll be, yeah, but she, but she knows it all. She gets it. She, she's, she's, she's a CrossFitter. Um, so <laughs> she's an honorary CrossFitter. She's an honorary CrossFitter. She totally is. <laughs> so, uh, so that same year that I was building my affiliate, I received an email from her, and it had told me she told me that ten days prior to that email, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and so my heart just completely dropped and it was more out of shock like I was 29 at the time and she was 26 and so I felt really dumb that I didn't think that breast cancer happened under 40 and that was my first reaction was like you're like what like we don't have to worry about this stuff till we're 40 right like that's what I've been taught so so of course I called her right away and and she had said on her on her email this is when I'm getting my mastectomy this is when my treatment's happening it's in two weeks and I called her right away and I was like, I can't believe that you just sent me an email and you couldn't call me. And I'm like, like <laughs> yelling at her and I'm mad. And she's like, Z, this is not about you. And I was like, um, oh, that's, yeah, that's right. So when is your appointment? So I'll see you in two weeks. Um, and what I've learned now being in the, doing this work for so long is that, you know, everyone has their way of processing a diagnosis of cancer mm-hmm. and how they share it um, is really, it differs, you know, person to person. And so that was how she wanted to share with, and it was, me and she CC'd eight of our closest girlfriends. And so um, that's how we found out. And uh, once I later, like once you process something like that and you later you go back and you ask all the questions of like, so what happened? But, but you know, how did you know to go get checked? And, and what was that, the story leading up to the diagnosis? I was so curious about it. And she, she went in and um, six months prior to her diagnosis, received a prescription to a breast imaging center to go get checked because she had a, a lump on her, on her breast. And the breast imaging Tech, um, doctor told her um, to have a mammography at the age of 40. So it was written on her medical documentation, mammography recommended at age 40. Even though she had a lump? Even though she had a lump and she had insurance. Uh, but they said, you're too young for breast cancer. Come back oh under 40. Gosh. And so six months later, she started getting uh, blood and discharge out of that same breast. Um, so she went back and she was immediately diagnosed. So, you know, you, you kind of take 
take this information back and, and some, another part of my background was I, I was trying to be a, a pharmacist and I was pre-pharmacy. I was in the pharmacy industry for 12 years. That's what helped me get paid me, helped me get through mm-hmm. college. Um, so I, I was actually a third party specialist. I worked in, on, on health insurance and uh, I worked for Long's Drugs and I was, I ran the department that did all the insurance troubleshooting for all 584 stores. And so I was very well familiar with insurance companies and how difficult it is to get authorization for something that wouldn't normally be covered through guidelines. Like I've had to tell AIDS patients that their insurance won't cover their medicine. I've had to tell cancer patients that their insurance won't pay, cover their medicine. So I kind of already had a fire under my under myself about our healthcare system. Sure. And you can say it. You can say the yeah, word. Yeah, under our, yep. under my, my foot talks. <laughs> um, <laughs> my foot talks. Um, my glutes. Um, and so I was kind of already mad. And then and then you find CrossFit and you have this whole like new um, lens at life and health. And so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here every day and I'm preaching health and nutrition to strangers, basically, that now are becoming my friends. And then the healthcare system completely fails my best friend, you know, in the outside world. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. And, and Greg Glassman has said that affiliates are uh, the place to fight chronic diseases, you know, and so it's like, I'm sitting here and I'm being almost a doc, you're almost a doctor as an affiliate owner, like you're seeing people's health progress and get better, um, just by showing up every day. And it's, it's pretty incredible. And so, so I kind of was like, upset that, you know, my friend was left to the side. And, and unfortunately, the stats don't really support young women. So only 7% of all breast cancer cases are women under 40. Hmm. So that stat's just not high enough to matter um, in, in a lot of uh, situations. And so so I, I decided to do what all of us CrossFitters know how to do, which is throw down a workout and, and raise money, right? So I told Sassy that I was going to do this workout called grace because i had never done it rx and i was scared to do it rx and and i was like you know what if you can get through breast cancer i can do grace rx i'm sure i can do that and so um so i asked a few affiliates around the neighborhood to to come and and do it with me we wanted to do it we did it on a parking lot and we raised two thousand dollars that day and then the next week i saw greg glassman um just happened to be be around he's really active in the community at that time and i told him what i did and uh, he matched the donation. So we originally oh, wow. raised four thousand dollars. And when I was telling Ceci what I was doing and that I was raising money for her, uh, she told me that she didn't want it, and she told me that she didn't need my help financially. That and she wanted me to help others with it. And so it was kind of you kind of you, you take that and it's like somebody so selfless, you know, is now looking at like going through something really dramatic in her own life, and she wants me to help others. And so that's when I started really doing some research on what was happening to young women in breast cancer. And honestly, I. The only thing I could do, I, I prank called, I don't, I won't say the organization that I prank called. So I prank called a, an organization and I just said, hi, I'm 33 and I have a lump on my breast and I don't have health insurance. Is there any way you can help me? And um, they had no answers. And so basically at 33, I wouldn't qualify for a state funded program. And there's very limited resources out there for funding uh, for young women or men because they don't qualify for state funded programs. Like you have to be 40 or you have to be a female. Hmm. So then I started really digging deeper. And I, I met with um, some Komen uh, women. Um, I had this $4,000 where I was like, I want to help young women. <laughs> Who wants to, you know, like, <laughs> I want to find out where this is going. Right, like, <laughs> I give it away. <laughs> um, and so, it, you know, it really meant something to me because it was honoring uh, what Ceci was going through. And so, and I, and I, and I think that, especially now, I, I, you know, we, we've grown and we're, we're larger that, I think that sometimes as a donor, you feel like your money and your contributions are going to a, into a black hole, you know? And so, yeah. I, I didn't want that, and um, I wanted to have clear eyes on where it was going. And so the Komen women basically told me, good luck. 
they were like, Z, they just changed the state program from 40 and they lifted it to 50. And this was in 2009. So it happened to be the same year that Sessie was diagnosed and uh, the state laws guideline changed to 50. So they're like, now we have this gap between 40 and 50. So if you want to help women younger than that, like, good luck, sister, like, join, join the crew. Let's go. Like, right. grab a flag, grab, right. <laughs> grab a pink flag and let's do it. So they're very supportive. Um, of our efforts, um, every single organization we've we've collaborated with and, and sat down with in the breast cancer industry, it, it, there's just great camaraderie and, and, and really a community there. So yeah, so um, I bit the bullet and took that four thousand and applied for my nonprofit. Uh, had I was clueless, you know, and it was January two thousand ten. I applied. Fast forward April 29th, two thousand ten. I received our nonprofit status, and then July that year, CrossFit, uh, you know, gave us a, a booth at the games, and uh, it was the same year that they were signing their contract with Reebok, and so they're nice enough to say, "Hey, will you help our buddy Z out with some T-shirts?" And um, I had five thousand shirts show up at my front door and sit in my living room in two thousand ten. And um, that year we raised three hundred thousand dollars, and wow. um, it was incredible. It was, you know, now you 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 put out this energy and you put out this thought and you you say this isn't right, you know, and and we truly believe that there shouldn't be an age or a gender in breast cancer and a breast cancer diagnosis, right? So if if barbells for boobs, it, our our goal period is that we take an age and gender off of breast cancer. So however we do that, in the meantime, we're providing solutions. So if a solution is hey, we fund a procedure, awesome. If a solution is, hey, we help a woman get, our man get navigated to a local resource, maybe we don't fund it, but we're, we will walk them, hand walk them into a, a local resource in their community. Like there's, there's there's just so many different solutions that we have. We we understand all the state eligibility requirements. So if a woman in her state doesn't understand if she would qualify for a state funded program, our team um, understands that and can help navigate those conversations. So our ultimate goal is that we we show up to the White House and, and we say, hey, can breast cancer just stand as its own and focus on the person, right? Focus on the individual that needs to test, whether they're 23 or they're 65. So that's really what we're trying to conquer here at Barbells for Boobs. So. Well, I feel like too, like, you know, I'm just thinking back, I'm only 28. And so, you know, even just thinking back the last four or five years, like if I were, you know, in my, if I, even now, but if I was 25, 26 and I, you know, realized that I had a lump, like I wouldn't know what to do. Oh, it's scary, right? Yeah, I mean- it's, you know, it's like you walk through the OB office, you know, in the OB's office, whatever, and you're like, well, yep. I mean, it's what like, I you know, if, if like that, the, the answer that I got in that appointment would be the law to me. Like that's, you know, like that's would be my only resource. Yeah. And, and so we really want to, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because people are always like, how can we help? And it's like, obviously fundraising is important to us. We, we, we need the funds to be able to mobilize our movement. But um, I think the biggest thing is that making sure that people out there know we're a resource for young women. So if you, mm-hmm. if you're young or if you're a man and you find a lump and you're not the standard audience that should have a lump on your breast, so you're not that population that's over 40 or, you know, that, that, you know, can easily go to the doctor and it's nothing weird. It's something that they do. It's, you know, you paid for on your insurance. You know, we want to be that place for that young woman to be able to call barbells for boobs and say, hey, I think I have a lump. What do I do? It's, it's not an easy thing. It's very scary. And so we want to be able to be that trusted resource. Um, and especially the way that we get to do it is being athletes, you know. So uh, people always kind of say, like, why the barbell? 
Um, and for us, a barbell really just, to me, it's a metaphor. It's like um, at the time that my friend was diagnosed, I, I competed at a CrossFit competition and does, it's not around anymore. <laughs> how, how weird. It's a, the OC throwdown. And the last day I was tied for first and the last workout was a max effort clean and then max reps of Cindy for five minutes. It was max effort clean for five minutes, max rep effort Cindy for five minutes, and then a max calorie row count for five minutes. And, um, and I was tied for first, and the girl that I was tied for, who actually is Kelly Urbani, the owner of Strength Wraps, she cleaned 155 pounds. My clean was 105. <laughs> so after that competition, I was like, I'm going to be a weightlifter. <laughs> like I beat her in Cindy and I beat her on the row, but it just wasn't enough reps to, to, to close that gap of 50 pounds. So for me, a barbell was uh, a passion and a, and a struggle at the same time. It was something that yeah. I was dedicated to and it was something I found very beautiful and um, kind of reminded me of that ballet bar. You know, of, it was technical. It was a rhythm that you had to catch with your body. It was something you went in and it was a repetitive motion and a repetitive movement that you had to study every day in order to get better at it. And so um, the beauty of it is that that could be anything to anybody, right? So kind of my barbell is, is actually a barbell, but it's kind of like a metaphor of what's what's your struggle, what's something that makes you wake up, what, what's something that makes you alive, and how do you take that and um, build momentum to help others? That's what we stand for. I got the chills when you said that you're going to show up to the White House because I completely envisioned it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's happening. <laughs> like, I, Do you still have that awesome van or the big bus? <laughs> uh, we've... we've <laughs> We've definitely gone through a few buses. <laughs> a few, we uh, have a picture. One of our favorite pictures <laughs> is we're standing in front of one of your buses. It's so great. Oh, awesome. Were you guys, yeah. um, which event were you guys it at? It was so long ago. It was at CrossFit, Ele- no, CrossFit Elevation? Nope. Eminence. That- Eminence, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The like part two, of the 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah Girls Gone Rex. So um, long ago. Yeah, um, I was there. You I were? That. Okay, who yeah. was the amazing DJ? Because I am, in lo- I am in love with him. Yeah, like, that's Eamon. Oh, tell him he has a fan in Denver. I, oh, I will like, let him know. Completely, He'll totally appreciate that. I think I met him, like, not met him, but, like, saw him once or twice at events, and I'm like, I just, that guy is the best DJ I've ever heard. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. And his um, his energy and soul just pours into our work. He, he lost his mother to breast cancer. And he's always said that, you know, if she would have gotten a, 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 a screening sooner, she could have, it could have saved her life. So, but she was, you know, she was young and she didn't have insurance and kind of, he's just like, if, if she found barbells for boobs to pay for her screening, like she would be alive today. Like, so his, he's very passionate about this work. So yeah, yeah I'll I just, to, I'll I let just, him know. yeah, let please know. do. I just so, so <laughs> yeah, remember had, him. That was so fun. We, that was the year we, wasn't that the last year that we did? No, that was the first year we did it, wasn't it? And we won the barbell because we, mm-hmm. we won the fundraiser. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, we did. We were like, well, we're definitely not going to win the competition. We might as well. Win. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I remember we were like neck and neck with one other team. And like the whole day we were like refreshing on our phones. Like, okay, we need one more person to donate. Yeah. That's so and awesome. Thanks to the podcast because our listeners yes, we are did. incredible. That was why it's like they chimed in. Yep. Awesome. Yep. They, they came to the plate. I have a question around when you started this movement. And when you knew that it was starting to become bigger than what you could have ever imagined. Because, you know, we were talking about this kind of like (laughs) off the record before we started recording of like, yeah, Yeah. you know, we had these ideas. And then all of a sudden it was just like it just kind of took off and it took on a life life of its own. You know, um, honest, I actually I remember the day that where I was like, okay, this is well, all it is is you speak up, right? You speak up about something. And then the, the day that I realized that people listened and agreed and agreed with what I spoke up about was 
I'll never forget it was October 8th, 2010. CrossFit was very generous enough to make a, a video on, on my story um, and they pushed it out on the main site that day. And literally that day, I came into my inbox and I had 2,162 emails in my inbox after that video was released. And from then I knew that what I was talking about, that that I, that Sessie's story wasn't the only story out there, that, that this was maybe a story that others recognized and felt and maybe experienced. Um, and it was also something that they felt that was wrong with our system. And, and, and I think that we can all agree that CrossFit as a community, we were, were very proactive. And that's really what our program is meant to be, is meant to be proactive about our health, you know? Don't listen, I mean, listen, listening to yourself is, is the priority. Like doctors don't hold some magic key to our health. You know, a pill doesn't hold a magic key to our health. Um, so we have to be an advocate. We have to know when something's wrong and we have to be able to say, what are my rights as an individual and, and how do I make sure I'm healthy for, you know, for my family and for myself? So it was that day where I was like, oh, okay. Um, I've got to now respond to all these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was your response? What was the feeling? What were oh. the thoughts going through your head? Where I just envision you like sitting in front of a computer, like going through all these emails, going, "Oh, oh my gosh!" My gosh. <laughs> I was almost like in my head, I was like, "How many emails does CrossFit get a day?" <laughs> <laughs> Picture you're Greg Glassman. Yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is incredible!" It was. It was a, a pretty emotional day of not only just processing that and starting to then reply to those those very, um, you know, because it's one thing. It's like it's one thing to watch a video, but to actually take action and contact us and to see the amount of support, it was it was amazing. And a lot of the people that contacted us from those initial that initial video, we still talk to. Um, and that's what's been incredible is that people were supportive when I had no clue what I was doing. And I, I still have absolutely no clue what I'm doing when I walk in this building every day. I'm like, oh, yep, so I'm working yeah. on a strategy plan for building a program in Australia. Awesome. Let's I do love, it. <laughs> I love that though. I don't know. We've talked a little bit about this book called Presence by Amy Cudi. Mm -hmm. And she talks a lot about the, she did a TED talk and it was pretty incredible if you want to check it out. Um, but she talks so much about the imposter syndrome, how we all are kind of walking around being like, I don't like someone's going to find me out sooner or later, but I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, imposter syndrome. So take our listeners through a day or an event and what the vibe is like and kind of just walk us through. A, and I'm sure there, I know each of them is somewhat different, but kind of talk about how you created the day and the events and, and what you, I don't yeah. know, kind of the, the vibe that you want to create. Nathan Morris, my employee sitting next to me, could probably give you a totally different answer than from what I see every day. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> everything is awesome. Um, <laughs> so, um, what original? What originally? So, so you get the the response right, and and now you're kind of like, okay, how do I make the funds work? And then you have to learn how a nonprofit works. I don't have, I didn't have any experience in a nonprofit, and there's not a lot of information out there uh, for nonprofits and, and easy information, accessible information to say, how do I build bylaws? How do I build a company? How do I build an infrastructure? How do I understand the percentage breakdown? Like everything that you have to learn in running a nonprofit. And then you, you're learning all that and then you're still saying, staying grounded and compassionate to what you why you started it, right? And so that always has to be at the forefront of your eyes. And and what I found was in, the, in 2010 when we had all the, that, huge response and then we raised three hundred thousand dollars that year the next year i wanted to make sure i met as many people that believed in what i believed in as i could 
And so that's what really started the touring across the country every October. Okay. I wanted to go and meet as many people as I could and thank them. Um, that meant the world to me. I was like, I want people to meet us. I want to talk to them about what our goals are. I want. I don't want them to think that this is going into a black hole. I want to know the team that they're supporting when they make a donation. Like That was all really, really critical to me. And that's kind of what set the tone of the tour. And uh, you, know, you, you find people that believe in, in the ultimate goal and you rally together and, and then you get some fun, crazy experiences and you get some really stressed out experiences and you learn from them. But from, are there from any an that activation. Stick out, is, are there any that stick out in your mind right now? Like a really fun experience <laughs> over the past, what, eight years? <laughs> Do you want to know the best? Here's the best. Yeah. Um, so we had this, because every year, like, you know, Barbells for Beeps has to show up and, and you've got to conquer what you did the previous year, right? Uh, at, which... Everyone, I'm over that. Like, I don't care about conquering what we did last year. I'm like, can we keep it as simple as possible, please? <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not interested in, in, in doing anything big anymore, um, mainly because of this story. So um, we, we, you know, we had the, the van. We first went out in a, van, a Sprinter van, and then we upgraded to a motorhome, and a, uh, then a, a bigger motorhome. And so in 2014, we were like, let's get a box. And so we're like, we're going to, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tow a box behind the sprinter and the box will open up and it'll be this like total barbells for boobs experience. And it was a great idea. Um, the only thing was like timing and the timeline and the production behind getting the box to where it needed to go. And we were starting the tour in Virginia. And so the, the company that was building this amazing box was in Canada. And so they were like, cool. They were like on the East coast of Canada. So they're like, we'll drive it down to, and we'll meet you guys in Virginia. So we were like, awesome, we'll drive our Sprinter van out there. We'll pick it up from you guys, right? Sim- sounds simple, right? Wait, so you, so you literally were like towing an actual... Box. Gym? Um, it wasn't a gym. <laughs> we called it the... We called it, what did we call it? The... Oh my gosh, we called it the... It was like an e-commerce. Like you could set up and display and sell shirts and have a video playing and okay. like set up so couches like if you wanted. it was like a pop-up, kind of. Kind of. It was kind of an extravagant like booth like setup a, like okay. a super intense booth yeah and so yeah. we wanted to kind of show up and like open it up and and basically have a booth sitting out in front of an affiliate when we showed up was the point of it insta yeah. booth insta booth right so. Nice. <laughs> so so we get the box we get the box and we hook it onto our sprinter and the sprinter almost flips <laughs> <laughs> Just you guys, over and backwards. Yeah, and I'm like, you guys, did we te- did we check the t- like tons? <laughs> like, how many how many did we check to see if the sprinter was capable of towing this? And they're like, we totally thought we did. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god! Okay, okay. So we have this tight schedule these next six weeks. <laughs> how are we gonna do this? So, um, so we rented a U-Haul truck. <laughs> So and there goes your like super cute, efficient. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you should have seen us driving across the country. We had the U-Haul truck, we had the box, and the Sprinter van behind, behind the U-Haul truck and the box. Um, it was pretty incredible. Um, by the time we got to Chicago, we were like, we're over this. Like, <laughs> it was like costing an arm and a leg to get a U-Haul. So 
uh, we ended up just shipping the box back and <laughs> getting some pop-up tents. And, <laughs> and now do you just like open the box up for parties? Like what do you do yes. with the box? So, so the box, where is it at? RIP box. Rest in peace box. Um, <laughs> we actually, if you've ever heard of PowerDot, which is a new um, company out in, this, in the industry recently, it's a like a muscle stimulator machine. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it's a like, Compex, except it's remote. It's, it's kind of like a Compex, but it's way cooler. Um, but it like it doesn't have any wires, right? It doesn't have any wires, and it's connect. It's an app on your phone, and like it's seriously the best, the most genius thing ever. Like, what are we gonna do if like like what? I just I was talking to a friend this weekend who was telling me about how all the lights in her apartment are now like controlled by her phone. Like, what are we gonna do when we lose our phone? I don't know. Yeah. What What would happen if your like phone died? <laughs> like you dropped it in the lake. I had a cracked screen and I had to turn my phone in to get like the screen fixed a few weeks ago. And they're like, okay, it'll be ready in two hours. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're gonna, wait, I'm you're, wait, 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 wait. You're gonna send me out there without that? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Can we negotiate this two-hour time frame? Like, I don't know where minutes. I'm going. Do you remember that meme I just sent you, Joy, like last week, where it's this pug standing in a field, just like with this utterly just 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 confused look on his face, and it says, the the title of the meme is "What happens when I don't have Google Maps?" and the caption is. <laughs> Not all those who wander are lost, but I sure as hell am. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> this is how I feel. Yeah, no, that's totally how I feel. I, yep. We are so dependent. Uh, we are codependent on our telephones. Yes. Um, so now you're getting to a point where you're like, wow, I, I love that, though, because the energy at the beginning is like you get so excited about stuff. And you're like, how about this? How about this? And yeah. uh, so that so now you've simplified. Yes. But I would say you're just efficient. We're just efficient. We've evolved. We've evolved. And tell our <laughs> listeners, too, about the event you have or where you're going to be in this this coming October. Yeah, this October. Um, actually, we're, we're really excited. Uh, Reebok is putting together what they're calling a box crawl. And they're driving across the country and they're stopping at like 130 affiliates. I don't know where they got that idea from at all. But <laughs> um, you should see their setup. It's actually could bring back really bad memories. Are they towing a box? So, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> anyway, so we're joining them. So we will be the sprinter van behind the truck in the box. <laughs> again. Towing, they're towing but you. But we're not responsible for the truck in the box. Oh, that's um, amazing. No, it's actually it's actually really cool. Um, they're they're basically uh, driving across the country, and we're going to be joining them. So it's a box crawl. They're going from, like, Massachusetts all the way down to Jersey and into Atlanta, into Texas, and then um, swinging through California. So we're just going to kind of can, join them can you and put have a, some fun. Put in a good word for Denver. It's on <laughs> the way. I mean, it's on the way. Can you it's just... pretty much on the way to everything because we're smack you know up what? in the middle of the country. You know what? I'm sick of you Denver folks because you guys <laughs> always tell me that, and I do it, and then I'm like, and, and then my entire team is like, why are we going to Denver? It's totally out of the way. And I'm like, because it's totally on the way. It's totally on the way. We're right in the middle. The it's only totally in the middle of the country. The only problem is those, that big old, all those big old mountains on the other side of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've done that a few times, and I've gotten in trouble a few times. So Okay, well, maybe we'll just come to you then. We'll just come to you. It's fine. Yes, come to California. It's always there nice you go. here. So, okay, I have a question. Yeah. So yes. I'm sure that all the time you are hearing people's stories. And I guess, so the question that I would have for you is what is your kind of like the common theme you hear, or I guess maybe even advice you would give for somebody who's going through maybe not cancer per se, but you know, a big struggle in their life or a big obstacle or, you know, everything in their life somehow just got turned up on its head. 
is there a common theme that you hear from people and like this is how I was able to get through it it's, and also I guess like what's like what's a story that's always stuck with you uh your stories everywhere you know and and what's so great about it is that people are willing to share and speak up and you know we were able to just, just share our one of our employees Monica we were able to share her story on uh, and CrossFit shared it and she was diagnosed at 33 after being told three times by doctors that she didn't need any screening and she was diagnosed with late stage breast cancer. So you hear these stories and then and then when people share them, then it allows others to share. And so the response we got from that video was just honestly people sharing their story and saying, wow, Monica gave me the strength to share my story. So I think that even just giving people the outlet um, and a community where they feel comfortable in sharing their story and talking about it and, and what you find from that is a lot of people are like, I just want to help if somebody else is going through this. And so what we've become now is this resource hub of, hey, if anybody in our community gets diagnosed with breast cancer, any cancer, like they contact Barbells for Boobs. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty incredible. Like we are the cancer resource in our community. And so we stand tall behind that. And um, whether it's they just want to hear somebody to, they just want to want to want to have somebody listen to their story or they want to say, hey, I'm here if, if you know anybody that needs help. Um, we also have a Facebook um, group that, you know, we have a bunch of, women in our community that are either battling breast cancer right now or have battled it. And, you know, we have a private group so that they can, um, they can find hope and strength in each other. And so we've kind of built some, um, ways that, that we can help facilitate those conversations and make sure that they're heard. Um, and, and most of the time it's people just want to be heard and they want to share their story and they want to know that they can now be a resource because of what they went through. They want to just help out. And that's really what we find is, here's my story and any way I can help Z, you tell me. That's that's usually what I hear. The best way that, of healing is helping others is, is the, the, the most incredible thing I think you can do when you go through something like cancer. Well, um, and you guys have been a resource too, like not just for cancer, but also like when Kevin Ogar got hurt, which I know he was a big part of your community or has been a big part of your community. And um, I mean, so, he's, you know, like... he's been so vocal about how he could not have gone through what he went through without you, Z. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, uh, he holds a very special place in our heart here. That's the real reason you come to Denver. It's, it's for Kevin. Don't, yeah, don't, you know, don't <laughs> blame it's all of us Kevin Denver getting people. Just, yeah, it's Kevin, you're giving us a bad name for convincing her to come. <laughs> yeah, you know, that happened with Kevin, and it was, um, you know, you just don't even think twice about it. Kevin's yeah. a great friend of ours, not only to me, but my staff, and um, it's funny when people are like, did you know Kevin before his accident? Like now he didn't leave a steak dinner in my house the night before his accident and was smelling my fridge five days later. I'm like, whose steak is this? <laughs> oh, it's Kevin. Oh, um, wow. or I walked into our headquarters that a week after his accident and there's just a dirty laundry bag of very smelly, smelly clothes. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and they're like, we had to clean out Kevin's hotel room. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Do we need to keep it? Is there some sort of like hazmat procedure for this? Yeah, I'm like, what's appropriate? Like, Kevin, don't, we don't know what happened to your clothes. You don't need them. You got a hospital robe. Um, so, no, um, you know, our team really just took action and we, we saw the response. Like, you know, you hear Kevin Ogar's story and then the community, again, just the, the support and people wanting to help and us wanting to be able to give them a place to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that Monday morning, I just went in and I shut down operations for Barbells for Boobs for 72 hours. I just said, the next 72 hours, you work for Kevin Ogar. So whatever you do for Barbells for Boobs, you now do for um, for Kevin. So my web developer developed his website. My creative guy built all the Ogar you know, logos and, and all the creative assets. My partnership guy contacted all of our partners to see if they'd help Kevin. Uh, my operations girl 
looked into trademarks and making sure that we protected his name and, and le anything legal that he needed, setting up his trust and, you know, working with his team out um, out in Denver to set up his trust. Um, it was, And then my, my donor support people, they answered all the info acts that were coming out and also shipping all of his shirts. It was it was pretty incredible to to not only do it, but then to have the like to, to have the opportunity to do it, to, to help a friend and, and then your entire right, team. To have an like, infrastructure at your fingertips. Yeah. And then my entire team, like, yes, what do you need? Is, what? Yeah. Like nobody, mm -hmm. there was no hesitation in the room. It was just like, all right, cool. We're, we're on pause. And then we were at his, at the hospital by his family's side, 24 hours a day. There was always a rep at, from Barbells for Boobs there. Um, you know, our team did what we could. It was, it was a very hard time. For, for anybody that, you know, that loves Kevin. So anyway, it was just, you couldn't even think. I wouldn't have been, been able to think without, you know, like all that was on our mind was Kevin. So how could you even be productive doing anything when you know your friend is just, you know, fighting for his life? We contacted CrossFit. We just made sure that, that we were in good, in good graces and we wanted to make sure what, how we were doing it and how we were putting it out there to the public was, was appropriate for everybody. It was important for us that he had his own voice and his own channels and his own website and his own social media and his own voice. And I and I honestly just wanted him to have something to wake up to, you know, because his life was going to change forever. You know, he was a coach yeah. and he was a butcher at Whole Foods. And so I just wanted him to have something to wake up to and go home to. Z, I want to talk a little bit. We're almost out of time, but I want you to talk yeah. a little bit more about something you said earlier, which was CrossFit found you. And I believe that this organization that you've created has it found you. Can you talk a little bit more about that too, with just to inspire listeners? Because I think there's a lot of people kind of roaming around out there trying to find a purpose. And we've had, I don't know if you saw, we had an interview with Chris Moore before he passed away. And mm -hmm. it was just so inspiring to hear him speak about how we can get really lost in the seeking, but we can't really skip the seeking either. And I think there's something really beautiful to kind of know that things call to you and that you have to kind of follow that and listen to that. Can you share a little bit more about that experience just in, in your life of how that's kind of came to be? I think that we all get to a place in our life where we're kind of curious why we're doing what we do. Um, and I and and I think we get a little stuck. I, I think that the, that's the most appropriate word, appropriate word. And we live in this um, society that there's this very structured life until you hit 18. Um, or even until, you know, the, and then the expectation is, okay, after you turn 18, then you go to college, and then you get a good job, right? And then you retire, and then you have grandbabies. I think that the younger generation, we're just so much more innovative and not more innovative than our parents. Don't ever tell your parents that, but we are. That I think that we're always seeking more. Like, I, I don't think that we're, we're all willing to take that answer. Um, and I think that we've just seen our parents and, and, and you look at yourself and you're saying, I want to do more for the world. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to just live in my little box and collect my paycheck and retire. And, and, you know, life is just so unknown. So I remember when I was like right around right before I found CrossFit, I was really stuck. And and I, I remember I used to get in fights with my boyfriend because I, I was like, I'm supposed to do something so much bigger in my life. And I would get so frustrated because I knew... And I didn't uh, know what it was. I know exactly I, that feeling. I didn't know what it was. But and it's was so like, frustrating because you're like, what are you yeah, trying to tell me, tell world? Me, yeah. What am I supposed to be doing? And I, but I know, I, I know everything that I've been through mm -hmm. um, and every experience, every life experience I had was building me up to run Barbells Reboot. And so, and I, and I, and I'll get a little like spiritual here is I truly believe my friend Sessie was my prophet. And mm that the message had to come to me and I had the community that needed to hear the message and she was the one that had to suffer 
in order for the message to come to life. And so um, that's the way I perceive my work. I'm, I, I was very fortunate to find my calling at such a young age. You know, you just have to, you have to know that every opportunity in your life is building you up and prepping you for the next thing in your life. So everything that I did, even my pharmacy work, even though I hated living, I called it the fish tank. I lived in a fish tank, but in order for me to understand our healthcare system and how it works is from my experience as a, as a pharmacy tech and pre-pharmacy student. So um, my dancing and my um, connection to my body and understanding movement and, and appreciating CrossFit was from my dance experience. And then I was also a sports massage therapist for 12 years. That that healing process and understanding how to heal a body, it, you know, in the beginning it was I was healing one person at a time. And then through my CrossFit gym, I was healing, you know, multiple people at a time. I could hold a class. So now I get to heal 12 people in this hour. And now I look at barbells for boobs as I get to heal hundreds of people um, a year or so or thousands of people a year. So um, don't take, look at everything that you're doing in life and know that it's, it, it matters. You know, like if, if you're putting time and energy into something, make it matter, make it, make it and give it all you can because you never know what it's prepping you for um, in the future. I think, I think a lot that, of people lose sight of that. Yeah, I think that's so important because it can hey. be so easy to get caught in like the day to day of like. I was a go go dancer. Trust nice. me. Nice. Hey, that <laughs> I was bartender. Like a lot of fun. I served mm-hmm. food. <laughs> um, you know, I explore and 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 don't be afraid to explore. Like if you if something looks like it could be fun, like bartending or serving tables or God knows what go go bar, you know, go go dancing. Like mm-hmm. try it. You don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and you, you can't judge anything know. until until you've tried it and you've done it. And um, you know, serving tables was probably the one one of the best jobs and kind of built thick skin for me. Um, and but I always not say only that is like I, I feel like mixing it up, mixing it up with the world gives you opportunities. So we can sit behind a computer all day and research what we might like to do, but it nothing replaces getting out into the world and mixing it up with other people and talking to yeah. other people. And you know, I I saw that firsthand at the games, and I'm I'm more of an introvert, so I'm not as much someone who's going to like go up to talk to people. But even at the games, just kind of being a little more outside of the outside of my comfort zone, like chatting with people, making connections, yeah. and. Isn't that interesting of how things happen like that? And especially for Barbells for Boobs of how you started to get it rolling and then just kind of builds momentum. But yeah, you have to be willing to get out there. You have to be willing and you have to you have to know your value, you know, and you have to know your self-worth and, and you have to understand like, is it, you know, everyone's time is precious. So whatever you're putting your time and energy into, it better be worth it, you know, better be worth your time and energy. And so, um, you know, I think that when I found CrossFit and when I, when I found Barbells for Boobs, or it found me when they found me. Um, I felt at home. You know, I felt like I was finally content with waking up every day and going about my day. I never, I don't question ever what I'm doing and when I wake up and my intention for the day. Um, and then finding weightlifting got me even closer to to home and my heart. Um, and so now, you know, I'm a I'm a competitive weightlifter and in the masters division, which is awesome. It's oh, so fun. So great. <laughs> but it was just, it's. It's just, I'm not that great at it. I just love it. And so it keeps me grounded, you know, it keeps me reminding me that, you know, just because you're not the best and you're not putting up those numbers and getting medals doesn't mean that it's not worthy of your time. You love it. So it's totally worthy of your time. Like competition is fun. It's, it's worth it if, if it makes your heart melt, you know? And, and I think that we get caught up into like, we have to be the best at it. Like I, I, I remember a few weeks ago at one of my board meetings, I, I told one of my board of directors, I was like, you know, when, when we get a real CEO and he stops me, he's like, 
Z, there's no other realer CEO from Barbells Removes than you. So, so stop it. <laughs> imposter you know, syndrome. Me, imposter yeah, syndrome. I'm totally the imposter CEO here. So, is that really one of your struggles, though? Do you really uh, feel like, oh, well, I'm just kind of holding. I'm a, I'm a card. Uh, what is it? A placeholder until the the real deal comes around. <laughs> You have your days. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you I think like days. that's the reality of it is that we all have those insecurities and doubts. But yeah. I think it's so funny because we, I, I would, I don't even know you that well. And it's like, I can't imagine someone else being the face for Barbells for Boobs. And I just have to think too of our listenership and the people who are probably listening to this, like, gosh, you're carrying so much. You're carrying this amazing organization. You do all these other things. You're a mother. Um, you wake up some days and there's probably some days where you're like, whoo, how am I going to do all this? You know? <laughs> well, and I think yeah. it's, it's like, you know, it's important for like, it is important for people to know though, like, you know, even outwardly those people like you, you know, who seem like this, you have totally found your, you know, your square, square hole for your square peg. Is that what I'm saying that right? You know, like you've totally found like, you, you know, you're calling and yet you still sometimes have those days where you're like, I don't know, am I the right person to be doing this? Yeah. Well, you have those days of when, when big yeah. things happen of, you know, we're launching an international program that scares me every time it even just comes up or like <laughs> I'm in charge of a five-year strategy plan. Like that scares me every time I even think about it. That um, does sound very adult. It's so adult. And I'm like, you know, you get into these things where I, I tell myself, I'm like, I just, I just, when I grow up, I just want to be a CrossFit coach. Um, <laughs> you have those days and then you get in the minutia of your day and the way that you, the way that I run barbells for boobs and the way that I, the way that I want things to be represented on our behalf, it's, you know, I'm, I'm dedicated to that and I'm very passionate about it. And, and, and sometimes my team can be annoyed by that. And, and I, I appreciate them all having patience with me, but you know, I, I am way more dedicated than anybody could ever be as a CEO to this company as of, as of today, you know? And so, um, there are days where I have to remind myself of that. And maybe sometimes it's, um, I have to come into the office and sit alone and, and look at, you know, Sassy's photo or look at the storyboards that we've created or the workflows that we've created, or look at my calendar and say, you know, Z, you made your calendar happen. You know, you could have an empty calendar, you know, you look at your inbox and it's overwhelming and you could say, well, Z, you could have nobody contacting you. So, um, you kind of have to remind yourself that everything that's happening is because you made a decision to move something forward. And so, um, you know, you have, the, you have the responsibility of having employees. You know, that's probably one of the biggest responsibilities I have is I feed the mouths of, ten, of nine other people. And our organization does that. And they get to wake up every day and make a difference in the world. And they get to show up here every day and, and contribute to something positive. And I don't think a lot of people in the world get to do that or ever get that opportunity. So, you know, sometimes the the amount of pressure on that. And then, you know, if you make one bad move, then thousands of people don't go without services. So it's, there's a lot of pressure, but if you don't do fun stuff like weightlift and, and go to competitions and hang out with your three-year-old son and play Legos and be able to disconnect and, and play a little, yeah, you, you'll you get stuck. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite self-care? That's such a therapy word, but I'm a therapist. So what's yeah, your favorite thing to do for self-care? Snatch. <laughs> Wow, that that stresses me out. <laughs> I'm so impressed. <laughs> Snatching, yeah. Oh, so where can our listeners find you? I know it's barbellsforboobs.org. Is there anywhere else that they can go? Yeah, barbellsforboobs.org is the place to go. We we just revamped our website, which are, I'm very proud of my team and 
our efforts in, in putting that together. So even just take some time, go look at it, go look at the information, go look at our resources, um, sign up, fundraise. We've got you know our, our partners, Reebok, Kalo, Arc Smart Gear, and Progenix on board this year. We've got some really cool rewards that people can earn. Um, and so for us, we've, we've calculated to make it tangible for our, our CrossFit um, family. Every $80 help, helps us help one person. And so our fundraising is- Say that again, every $80 helps, helps us help one person. Wow. So with $80, um, uh, if you fundraise $80 on a fundraising page, you can earn a, our support team shirt. And then if you raise $400, you get to earn a hoodie. And then $800, you earn a backpack. And then there's some more um, goodies coming their way, but we haven't announced them yet. But um, we're very fortunate we have partners that take care of this stuff for us. So, yeah, I mean, and, and we're proud, you know, that that's another way to continue the movement is you get to proudly say and be a part of what we're doing. And, and that's another thing that's important to us is that we're not just some pink ribbon, which is that we, everyone has their place. Right. So but we definitely we stand out and yeah. we, we do things our own way. And, and honestly, we approach everything in a CrossFit mentality. I have received so much in, advice from Greg Glassman on how to run my affiliate. And I take that and I and I adapt those and apply those same rules to barbells for boobs. Just trying to be be more efficient and better at how we run anything that's important. So nonprofit world is kind of messed up, right? Um, I think that it has a negative uh, feel in some situations. You know, you hear always hear these negative things that are that some of these big companies are making it bad for everybody. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And then you're in it, and you're you know you see your passionate team behind the scenes, and and it's such a cool thing to be a part of. And we're just trying to make it cool again and make nonprofits, you know, in the social sector, um, a positive thing and, and a more supported thing. So, um, you know, we're, we're pioneering some efforts in that and changing the conversation behind uh, nonprofit work. It's pretty amazing. I can't wait to see where you guys go too. I mean, this is just the, this is just kind of like the tip of the iceberg of where you guys are going. It's pretty amazing. And I'm so grateful that you're finally able to come on the podcast because yeah. we've been talking about it for ages and ages. So barbellsforboobs.org, you guys yes. uh, out there, you can also find them on Instagram. All social is barbellsforboobs, all spelled out. Yeah. And let's see, I think that's it. The, you guys can also support Kalo and support the podcast and support Barbells for Boobs. Um, you could just get like a, a trifecta of support here by supporting Kalo. Yeah, you guys, so, you, guys, you guys nailed this one. We really did, you know. <laughs> we aim to please. It's like the perfect storm. <laughs> perfect storm of super comfortable rings. <laughs> With lots, like, of yes, lots of Kayla glitter. Even if Kayla didn't sponsor us, I would still just wear the crap out of Kayla every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. All right, Z, thank you so much. And thank listeners, you, thank you for listening to the podcast this week. And you can find us, as usual, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. Snapchat. Hey, Z, are you on Snapchat? <laughs> no, I can't okay. figure it out. Ah! I did it for one day. I did it. I I, okay, we're going to have to talk because that was so me. Oh, it's so funny. I feel like we I have the same conversation. So it's uh, we'll we'll talk off air about you this. You have to decide what you yeah, put your time you in. You really do. Many, and I haven't There's decided. So many. So many. So yeah. many. Yeah. I'd rather go snatch. Oh, I love it. Touche. Touche. Yeah. But I'm going to let you do that. snap yourself snatching. Yeah. Yeah, see. Mm -hmm. I know. I don't know. It's a lot of pieces. All right, Bye, you guys. guys. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye.